thank you Jesus Father we thank you your name is holy your name is holy your name is holy we hallow you Lord we hallow your name thank you Jesus thank you Father for your spirit fill us with the knowledge of your will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding help us today also help us help us Lord help us thank you Father in Jesus name Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We love you. Thank you for glory. Hallelujah. we started a very important journey on the three pursuits for the manifestation of glory. I know many Christians um, are praying that, Lord, I want to see your glory in my life. But the challenge is that you don't have a glory problem because by virtue of salvation, the glory of God is already... Um, resident in your spirit so the christian does not have a glory problem the christian has a manifestation problem now if you have a plug in your house which is already connected to ecg power or a switch and then you don't have lights in your house it is not ecg it's from you. Likewise, if you are not seeing the manifestation of the glory of God in your life, it's not because you have a glory problem, but simply because the protocols that are very necessary to align you into the place where you begin to experience that glory is not in place. We said that inasmuch as the glory of God by virtue of the Holy Ghost indwells every believer, there are three main pursuits that you need to um, embark. You will need to pursue these three things to see the manifestation of glory in your life. And we said number one is wisdom. And we've said a lot about that. Go to the podcast and get our teachings. If you have a pen drive, kindly hand over the pen drive to the media team and they're going to give you all the messages that you need. 
The second pursuit for the manifestation of glory is power. Every child of God must pursue power. Power is not for pastors. The Bible says, ye shall receive power, not when you wear clerical. The Bible says, you shall receive power, not when you preach. It says, you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. So the very day that you believed Jesus Christ, the Holy Ghost came to reside in you and power was made available. And we began to explain the five superpowers that has been provided for for every believer. If you know how to tap into these superpowers, you become a superman. And we said the five superpowers are, number one, the Holy Spirit. The indwelling spirit. That's the first power you have. The second power is the power of the word of God. The power of the word of God. That's the rima. Now, don't, don't, um, the word of God can be described in three ways. We have the incarnate word, which is the person of Jesus. The Bible says, uh, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. That's John chapter 1, the verse 1. The verse 14 says, and the word was made flesh and dwelt amongst men and we beheld his glory. The glory like us of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. So we have the incarnate word, which is the pressing of Jesus. So Jesus Christ is the personification of the word of God. But we also have the Logos, which is what we call the written word of God. The written word of God. So the Bible is the Logos of God, where the written of, word of God can be found. Then we have the Rima, which is the inspired and spoken word of God. So they are not the same. One is a person. The other is a book. The other is the spirit that powers that book. So, the incarnate word is the person of Jesus. And we saw him in his incarnation where he manifested as a man. But when Jesus arose and ascended, he documented instructions. Leaving epistles. Commands, laws, protocols. And he trapped them in a book. So that when a man picks the book, by the crystallization power of the Holy Ghost, that man can make that book a living reality in his life. That word, that man who has that same word in his spirit, when he speaks them, those words becomes life. Hallelujah. So the word of God is power. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 4, the verse 12, that the word of God is quick and powerful. It's active and powerful. So the more time you spend with the word of God, the more power you glean, the more power you harvest, the more power you engage in God. 
And we said that the third power is the power of the blood of Jesus. The power of the blood of Jesus Christ. The fourth power is the power of what? Hmm? It's the power of prayer and the intercessory ministry of Jesus Christ. One time a man had an encounter with Jesus Christ and Jesus appeared to him and Jesus took him to a place where atomic power and energy was in motion and he saw the energy of an atomic power. And whilst he saw that energy, he couldn't resist and Jesus said, this is the power that is released when believers pray. Have you realized why Satan keeps fighting your prayer life? It just keeps fluctuating. You pray today, the next time you pray is in two weeks. You know what? Jesus, oh, the devil wants to cause a malfunction in your prayer culture. That's why sometimes it's hard to pray. Because the power you engage, the power you release in the place of prayer is mighty. In James chapter 5, the verse 16, the Bible says the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man. The Bible calls it heartfelt, continued. That's what, what the amplified version says. The heartfelt. So it's not a casual prayer. The heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes what? Tremendous power available. And we said the fit power is the power of the name of Jesus Christ. So last week we began to also look at how to access the power of God. How to access the power of God for the manifestation of glory. And we said number one is hunger. If you don't desire, if you don't hunger for power, if you have no um, hunger for the power of God, you won't experience the power of God. I explained that last week. Number two is knowledge and the practice of the word of God. The more knowledge and practice you engage in the word of God, the more power you will see in your life. Number three, we said faith and obedience. Now we need to understand that there are three dimensions into the supernatural. If you want to operate in the supernatural, there are three dimensions that you need to operate in. Number one is the dimension of glory. Anytime uh, the glory of God is manifested, it's actually a supernatural work that is being done. Number two is the anointing. The anointing is the second dimension into the supernatural. That is why uh, sometimes when meetings, the man of God lays hands on people and they fall under the power of God. He's operating in anointing. So the second dimension into the supernatural is uh, the virtue of the anointing. The third dimension into the supernatural is faith. It's faith. Anyone who begins to operate in faith begins to operate in the supernatural. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. The Bible says, for without faith, it is impossible to please God. For whoever comes to God 
must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So we need to understand that faith is how we operate in the supernatural. So if you want the power of God uh, to be accessed, you need to learn to walk by faith. You have to trust God for some supernatural things. If you are waiting to use your first class, first class degree to get a good job, you wait for long. You might wait for long. You know, sometimes when we are making decrees and confessions, people, people think that is a joke. Listen to me. If a man is truly operating in faith, he will have many enemies. Number two, people will assume that he's proud. For example, where we were before was a very small place. We don't have any specific financier who says every month, um, Pastor, I'm going to give you 100,000 Ghana cities for you to do ministry. We don't have anything like that yet. But we declare that we are constructing a building that will bring glory to God. By the time I was asking the architect to design it, we didn't have a CD. We posted it and we declared it. Now, another person will say, these people don't cut their coat according. See, faith does not cut its coat according to its size. That's why it's called faith. There are things you see, you realize that only God can bring it to pass. When you bring your life into a place where only God can come in and make certain things possible. That operation is called faith. And the reason why we need faith in these last days is because there are things doctors cannot solve. There are things your parents cannot solve. There are things your destiny helpers cannot solve. Now what if you made a mistake when you were young and you lost your womb? Your womb was re removed. Your uterus was removed. And you are now married, trusting God for a child. Now, can a doctor put a womb there? So you need faith. So when we are speaking about faith, is for see, faith is the only security for the future. Faith is the only security for the future. You, you can't even trust your bank to be your security because uh, the last time we checked some investment companies are no more and people have lost all their investment so hear me the only security for your future is your faith that is why the way a man can build a man can grow something that's how you need to build your faith grow your faith because a circumstance may come to you one day it is only faith that can bring you out it is only the level of faith you have built the capacity of faith you've built, that can bring you deliverance. The Bible says the just shall live by his faith. So, what is your faith? So, if you begin to walk in faith, you begin to access the supernatural. There, listen, there are resources in the realm of the spirit waiting for men of faith to access it. There are businesses there are buildings, there are real estates. There are cameras, there are laptops in the spirit waiting for men of faith to access them. Fearful men can't access them. No. 
This is a word for someone who is afraid to take certain bold steps to get things happen, to make things happen. Sometimes you give a deadline that you're going to accomplish this through the help and by the grace of God. It may seem impossible, but trust me, if you know the right buttons to use in the word of God, it can become possible. Shout, I'm a man of faith. Oh, you're not shouting it. I'm a man of faith. Now say it again. I am a man of faith. Now one more time, I'm going to say this. Nothing destroys in my hands. You don't mean what you're saying. Now what you're saying is exactly what you become. Say it again. Nothing destroys in my hands. One more time. Nothing destroys in my hands. Glory to God. Number four, we said waiting on God is the third access to power. Waiting on God. Listen. According to the book of Isaiah chapter 4, the verse 30 and 31. If you want to fly, wait. If you want to run, wait. If you want to walk, wait. Now, that doesn't make sense. If you want to fly, naturally, you got to jump first at least. But the Bible says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not be faint. There is something about prayer. Prayer does something to your inner man. It has a deep influence in your spirit, your soul, and your body. It brings your tripartite being into divine alignment. You know, you can, you, can, you can come into a place where your spirit is saying something, your soul is believing something, and your body is also somewhere. Your body wants to do this, your soul wants to do this, your spirit wants to do this. When you become a man of prayer, there is a way prayer can bring your tripartite being into alignment where they, they all resonate by the frequency of the spirit of God. And, and many have not realized the potency of prayer. If you want to access the power of God, pray. Check the book of Acts. God promised them the spirit. But guess what? They had to wait on the spirit through prayer. I thought God said they should wait until they are endued with, with power from on high. They could have been sitting down waiting for the Holy Ghost to come. But when you read the book of Acts chapter 1, the verse 14, the Bible says they continue to pray. So, their definition for waiting was praying. Check it. He says, and these all continued with one accord. This is Acts chapter 1. The Spirit came in Acts chapter 2. So, they continued with one accord in prayer. So, they prayed the promise of the Spirit. You don't understand what I just said. God promised the Holy Ghost and they prayed that promise. Which tells us that every promise of God is actually a prayer topic. Oh, God has said you're going to be great. God has said you open businesses and you are waiting. You wait for long. God has said this ministry will be great. So we are waiting for people to enter the building. It can happen that way. So the promises of God are 
<laughs> if, you, if you read the book of Hebrews 11, the hall of faith, the Bible says by faith people obtain promises. So you can obtain a promise through faith. And one of the acts of faith is prayer. Listen, if you are a man of prayer, don't fear the future. Your future is bright. Hallelujah. I'm teaching good here. There was a time in the book of Exodus chapter 17 from the verse 8. The Bible tells us that um, um, Amalek came to fight Israel in their journey to the promised land. And Moses called Joshua to appoint men of war and told them to go to the battlefield and go and fight. But the Bible says when Joshua and his men went to the battlefield to fight, Moses, Aaron, and Er. Can I have three people? Uh, says one, two. Let me have... Uh, uh, yes, please come. So, they climbed the mountain. Can you climb it? So, this is Moses because of the dress you are wearing. So, this is Moses. This is... No, Aaron was high priest, so he was tall. So, please. And then this is air. Okay. So, um, let me have one more person. Yes. One more person. Okay, so come. So, this is Joshua. And Joshua was fighting the war here. Please, are you following this thing? When you go home, go and read that. So, Moses, Aaron, and Eric climbed the mountain. And when they climbed the mountain, observe this. The Bible says Moses lifted up his hands. As long as Moses' hands was lifted, Aaron, sorry, Joshua was winning the battle on the ground. Are you following what I'm saying? When Moses' hand grew tired or weary, he brought it down. Joshua began to lose the battle. Automatically, now we realize that the battle was not actually a physical battle. The battle was more spiritual than physical. Are you following this thing? So the Bible says that Aaron and Er held up the hands of Moses. Hold it. With two hands. So they supported the hand of Moses. Put him on a rock. Onto the going down of the sand. The Bible says Joshua completely discomfited the Amalekites. Onto Hallelujah. Are we following this? So, automatically, we realize that the victory of Israel was not revealed in the stature or capacity of Joshua. So, the battle, the victory of the battle was determined by the hand of Moses. Now, the posture of lifted hands is the posture of prayer. The posture of lifted hands, posture of intercession. Are you following this thing? The Bible says, let all lift up holy hands. So hear me carefully. Joshua in the battle is life. Stand that life is a battle. Tell someone life is is it from the speaker?
Life is a battle. Hallelujah. So, the victory of Joshua came from the lifted hands of Moses. Hear me? Your victory in this life does not come from your skill or your beauty or your bank account or promises people have made to you. Your victory is only determined in the spirit realm by the agency of prayer. Please, you can go up. Hallelujah. So if you are experiencing defeat, it is very possible that you are not doing the right thing. That's why I love to pray. I just, I just love to pray. Prayer is my life. It's my meat. It's my food. It's everything I do. Glory to God. So now today's message. Number five. The fifth key to access power is joy, thanksgiving, praise and worship. Joy, thanksgiving, praise and worship. <laughs> we need to understand that men and women of joy, praise, thanksgiving and worship are men of power. Because these four things I just mentioned are keys to accessing the power of God. If you're a believer here, you don't know how to do thanksgiving. That's like I'm in this ministry, thanksgiving is deliberate. We deliberately thank God. Even after church service, we thank God for the people who came for service. We are not bitter. That people didn't come to church. We thank God for the cars that are parked outside. We thank God for the offerings. We thank God for the people that came to church. We thank God for the leader. We thank God for the cells. You know why? Because the more you do so, you release power. Many of you are lacking power today. It's because you're ungrateful. You are very, very ungrateful. Very, very ungrateful. You are, you are more ungrateful than the nine lepers. You are complaining about everything going wrong in your life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I spoke to you the last time and I told you, according to Christian arithmetic, out of every 10 believers, only one gives thanks. That's a shame and that's danger. Jesus healed 10 lepers. Only one came back to give thanks. And surprisingly, Jesus asked, where are the other nine? Which means Jesus was interested in the thanksgiving of the other nine. You know what he said to that man? Nine were healed. He said to only one, your faith has made it whole. Which means thanksgiving is an aspect of faith. And thanksgiving is key to wholeness. Listen, let your life be flooded with thanksgiving. Yeah, I'm telling you. I thank God for water. If you give me water, I thank God before I drink it. And these are practices you need to do. You need to be conscious about it. Even if you, you forgot and you ate, hold on with the food. Put your hands on your stomach and thank God for the food in your stomach. 
So these are discipline practices we do. Because, listen, the power is experienced not in beginning. The power is experienced in continuance. So, listen, the Bible says, count it all joy. When you go through diverse trials, you count it all joy. All joy. All joy. So, every problem in the week is joy number one. Joy number two. Joy number three. Have you ever laughed about a situation before? Have you laughed about a situation before? I don't think you ever tried. A problem, that's a serious problem. You just enter into your bedroom. And then, in the spirit, you laugh. I've done that several times. Listen, if you are... See, can I share something with you? Anxiety, worry, is one of the shortcuts into unbelief. If you want to digress into unbelief, keep worrying and keep getting anxious. And Satan knows that when a believer steps into unbelief, he has stepped into satanic territory. Any believer who steps into unbelief through worry and anxiety has stepped into Satan's territory. And we all know in warfare, when you step into your enemy's territory, you become a prey. Listen to me. I'm teaching you divine keys to experience power. Joy. The Bible says Abraham gave glory to God despite the deadness of Sarah's womb. He gave glory to God. So you will see Abraham rejoicing in God. It released power into Sarah's womb. Joy. Joy. Tell someone joy. 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 Can I make you do something prophetic now? I'm a prophet, so sometimes I can give you prophetic directions. But this direction is not candle. This direction is laughter. Are you ready? Now, this laughter, uh, please, oh, if you look at the person sitting beside you, you won't laugh. Because the person is too gentle. The person looks so diplomatic. So, just do this. Don't Check the left or right. You are going to laugh for one minute. And out of that laughter, something will happen in the spirit. Are you ready? Are you ready? One, two, go. Laugh. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Can you rise up and laugh? Laugh. Just laugh. <laughs> Someone's visa just came. <laughs> Someone's sickness just died. <laughs> Someone received the rent. Your rent was just paid. <laughs> Your father just received his miracle. <laughs> Keep laughing. You have 30 seconds more. Laugh. 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 <laughs> Woo! Oh! <laughs> As you are laughing, target a problem that was difficult for you. A challenge you are going through now. And laugh, laugh. Laugh at the problem. Satan does not want to see you laugh. 
Yes. Laugh. Hey. <laughs> Glory. Glory. Can you shout and scream to Jesus? Listen. What we are doing is not a joke. I'm telling you. The Bible says we call the things which are not as though they were. What we are doing is a spiritual thing. I'm telling you. When you are here, 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 be seated. Thank you, Jesus. Joy. Joy. Thanksgiving. Praise and worship. You see, when believers miss worship and praise time in church, they miss a very great blessing. Yeah, I'm telling you. Now, what I'm telling you is a prophetic stuff I'm sharing with you. There are angels who are assigned to join in in different church services. Only for worship time. When they are done with worship, they go back to heaven. And most of the time, when they are done and they are leaving, they, they help solve believers' problems. They touch some believers before they ascend. See, it's not every time that your miracle will come through a administration. There are times your miracle is in opening prayer. So you don't know where it's going to come from. That's why you, you must be here to church on time. You, are, you must be here on time. Praise and worship is a very powerful weapon. Tell someone it's a powerful weapon. In the book of Acts chapter 16 from the verse 22, the Bible tells us Paul and Silas, they were arrested for preaching the gospel. And they were beaten mercilessly and put in prison. But something happened. No, the Bible says that the multitude rose up against them and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. Look at the next verse. He says, and when they had laid many stripes on them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. Now look at the next verse. He says, who received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. Now, check it. The Bible says, and at midnight... I'm giving you a key here. At midnight, Paul and Silas did what? Prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners did what? Heard them. So those of you who come and we are singing praise and you are singing undertone. And nobody can hear you. Be careful. The prisoners heard them. Now look at the next verse. He says, and what? Oh, this class is too. And suddenly there was what? A great earthquake. So praise has the power to cause an earthquake in the realm of the spirit and in the physical. 
So that the, oh, so that what? The foundations of the prisons were shaken. That means praise can tackle foundations. Family foundations. Marriage foundations. Altars. Foundations of altars. It can havoc it. And immediately, all the doors were opening. Now, now, look at, look at the sequence. Number one was what? A great earthquake, which means praise can cause a shaking in the realm of the spirit. Number two, the foundations. Praise can deal with foundational issues. And finally, he says immediately, what happened? Oh, that's last but one. The doors were open. That means praise can open doors. And finally, he says everyone's bands were loose. Praise can set a man free. I'm teaching you there. Listen, I don't care what you're going through. Praise. It doesn't make sense. How can I be going through this and God says I should praise? I have two weeks to pay my fees. And the deadline after, I have to defer. Praise. Praise. Hallelujah. Hmm. Ephesians chapter 5, the verse 18 to 21. The Bible says, do not be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be what? Filled with the Spirit. And the Bible is going to teach us how to live a Spirit-filled life. The next verse says, what? Speaking to who? Speaking to who? Yourself. In what? Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and what? Making melody in your heart. To who? The Lord. Next verse. Giving thanks always for how many things? Which means the bad, the good, the ugly, you have to give thanks. All things. Unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord, what? Jesus Christ. So the Bible says, speaking to yourselves in Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Now, what? Let's assume you are sweeping in the morning and you're just singing, I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to thee. I need thee every hour. Whose grace is yours, Lord. No tender voice like thine. Can be the I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come. Last time. 
when someone was criticizing the song and he said, uh, the believer shouldn't sing, I need thee. He said, you sing, I have thee. <laughs> and I said, sometimes people don't understand why we sing certain songs. Listen to the lyrics. He says, I need thee every hour. We already have him. Yet we need him for wisdom. We need him for direction. We, we need him for counsel. We need him for, for, for him to show us the right ways. We need him for, for him to give us clarity of decision making. So, technically speaking, we have him, yet we need him. That's why we sing it. I come to thee. I need thee. Oh, I need thee. Every hour I need Thee, bless me now, my Savior. I come to Thee. Thank you, Jesus. So we sing psalms, we sing psalms and hymns. And spiritual songs. Now, surround your life consistent. Listen to me. Songs are waves. They are currents in the spirit. Songs creates an atmosphere. Songs open portals. Songs release spirits. Songs set spirits loose. Yeah. So a song you sing can open a door to demons. A song you sing can open the door for angels. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. There's a sweetness in the atmosphere. A sweetness. A fragrance of the spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So learn to sing songs. Now, when you read the book of um, Psalm 8, the verse 2, the Bible says, Out of the mouth of babes, you have ordained strength because of thine enemies. Now, um, David used the word strength, Okay. But when you read the book of Matthew, chapter 21, um, the verse 14 to 16. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. The verse 15. And when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful thing that he did, and the children crying in the temple and saying, Hosanna, the son of David, they were so displeased. The verse 16. And he said unto them, Hearest thou what they say? And Jesus said unto them. So Jesus quoted Psalm 8. Yea, have ye never read in the book of Psalm, Out of the mouth of babes and suckling, thou hast what? Perfected what? Praise. Now in Psalm 8 verse 2, he says, Thou hast ordained what? Strength. Here he says, Thou hast ordained praise. It's very simple. The Bible is telling us that Praise is the secret to strength. Number two, when you come back to the book of Psalm 8, the verse 2, he says, because of thy enemies, because of thy enemies, which means there is something praise does to enemies. 
There is something praise does to demons. There is something praise does to the devil. There is something praise does to demonic spirits. Are you following what I'm saying? He says, because of thy enemies, he has ordained praise. So sometimes, when a believer is engaging in praise, he's actually doing warfare. Please, are you following this thing? Which means that when a believer learns to sing praises to God, he learns strength. He learns how to become strong in the spirit. If you want to become strong, you want to experience the power of God, keep praise as your anchor. Keep praise as your anchor. Praise the Lord consistently. Keep praising God. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. There was a time Jehoshaphat had a battle. There was a war between him and five kings who have come together. And this one, it was only God that should come in. You know what they did? They entered into a fast. And on that date, you know what they did? They praised God. Instead of putting soldiers ahead of them, they put praise and worship leaders ahead of them. How do you go for battle? And then the leaders, those who are in front, those who are the far, forefront of the battle, are praise and worship leaders. Does it make sense? So you see, when you praise God, the way it didn't make sense then, it will make sense that you are praising God in the midst of a tight situation. It will make sense. But keep praising. We won't stop praising you. We won't stop loving you. Forever and ever. Forever and ever. We won't stop praising you. We won't stop loving you. Forever and ever. Forever and ever. We won't stop praising you. We won't stop loving you. Forever and ever. Forever and ever. We won't stop praising you. We won't stop loving you. Forever and ever. Forever. One more time. We won't stop. And we won't stop praising you. We won't stop loving you. Forever and ever. Forever. In your problem, we won't stop. And we won't stop praising you. We won't stop loving you. Forever and ever. Forever and ever. Thank you, Jesus. We won't stop. Sometimes in the midst of the most difficult frustration, that is when your praise becomes more powerful. You know, when all is well, you're praising God. God doesn't really know what is going on. Because he can't really test you very well. Because God can... God can say, because everything is fine. You know what Satan said to God about Job? It's because you've blessed him. That's how he's serving you. So some of you have the same challenge. When God looks at you, it's because your salary came on the 29th. That's why you are dancing in church like that. They are seeing you like this. Ajay, ah, Ajay, 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 Ajay. It's a salary dance. 
But your real praise is measured by your pain. Your real praise is measured by your pain. In your deepest moments of pain, when the believer in tears is still praising God, that believer is too powerful in heaven. Too powerful in heaven. You know the song, When peace like a river attended my way. When sorrows, when sorrows like seas like feel a shore. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever my And with my soul, and with my soul, it is well, it is well with my soul. The song you are enjoying now was sung by a man who owns so many businesses. He was a very wealthy man until he received a report. And the report said that you have lost all your children. You have lost your wife. You've lost your businesses. Anything the man held onto was gone. And he broke down. Instead of weeping, he started singing. It is well. It is well. We my soul when my soul it is well come on sing it it is well with my soul because Christ is my satisfaction he's my completeness it is well with me it is well it is well it's well listen don't give the devil a chance Listen to me. Don't give the devil a chance. Some of you, Satan can predict what you are going through by your actions. When he looks at you, the way you have, you have squeezed your face, Satan can know that, oh, there's something this person is facing. Let me send more attacks so we can demoralize this person so he won't pray again, so he won't praise again, so he won't worship again. Listen, Satan is after your praise. He's after your worship. He's after it. That thing that makes you please God, he wants to cut it off so he can cut your life off. Don't give him a chance. Don't give him a chance. So we thank him. In the good, the bad, and the ugly, we thank him. We thank him. I remember the last time um, uh, my wife got pregnant. About uh, four, three to four months, we lost a child. 
It was so painful. And I held hands with her. I said, let's thank God. Let's thank God. And we kept thanking God. We kept thanking God. Thank you for the loss of this child. Thank you that the one coming is mightier. Thank you, Lord. We want to bless your name. We want to give you praise. We want to praise your name for the loss of this child because you are mighty. You are great. We are great. Listen, the more you do that, it deletes bitterness against God from you. The more you do that, Satan gets angry because he's like, ah, who do you think you are? I have crushed you. I've done this against you and you are still praising God. Satan gets frustrated. He gets infuriated. He, he, he begins to marvel at you. Listen, be a marvel to Satan. That no matter how he breaks you, you still praise him. No matter how he tames you, you are still magnifying God. Those kind of believers are dangerous in the kingdom of darkness. We will praise him. Listen, if money is what determines your joy, you are of all men the most miserable. If cars, houses, if rent, if shoes, if clothes are what determines your joy, you are of all men the most miserable. Because these things are earthly things. When you die, you don't go with any of them. You don't go with your iPhone, someone inherits it. So when God sees that mundane material things are the reason why you rejoice in God, God is like, is that all you think there is in this wealth? The Bible says if we have clothes and we have food to eat, we must be content. So when God sees how grateful you are, you, 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 you lost your job, but you don't lose your legs. You lost that money, but you did not lose your life. So there is always something to thank God about. So when you are thankful, you become spiritful. So this is a secret weapon of power that Satan does not want the church to know. I will praise him every day. I will praise him every day. I will lift him higher every day because he's my God. In him will I trust. That was the secret of David. Check all the Psalms. Most of the Psalms were written in David's most miserable states. That's when he wrote the Psalms. He wrote the Psalms. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy road and thy staff may comfort me. He prepares a table before my enemies. Meanwhile, he was in shame. But he says he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. My camp runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy they shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of God. So he said, I will still go to church if Satan squeezes me. I will still dwell in the house of God. If Satan punishes me, I will still dwell in the house of God. If he afflicts me. David said, yet will I praise him if he afflicts me. So affliction is the proof of faith. God will use affliction to prove whether you love him. And many of you have failed the test because of your behavior now. The, the, the level of your ingratitude. You know, sometimes you don't need to say that God, I'm not grateful. The way you cry at your situation as if God is not there. As if God has done nothing. You are crying because of a salary. When you are alive, you are eating. Your, your stomach is digesting. You are still moving. You are still sleeping and waking up. You don't know this thing. You don't know. Even the ability to fat is grace. 
There are people in the hospital. The doctor said we have to wait. Or tell near hospital. This one what ten times as Oba, sorry. It's the grace of God. Tell somebody it's the grace of God. It's the grace. It's the grace of God. This is man like guy I've been for in heaven, a tiny town. I'm telling you. I'm teaching good here. So we praise him. Now, you see, there were two tabernacles in the Bible days. There was the tabernacle of Moses and the tabernacle of David. There was a big difference between the two tabernacles because they were representing two covenants. The tabernacle of Moses, they only sacrificed animals in that tabernacle. But when David came, over time, they lost that tabernacle. And David constructed another tabernacle. Instead of sacrificing animals, David actually made them sacrifice praise. And if you read the book of 2 Chronicles, David employed 4,000 songmen, musicians, instrumentalists. 4,000! And he paid them every month. And their job was to praise God 24-7. In the history... Of man, no king has ever done what David did. 24 hours. Go and read your Bible. 24 hours. He employed 4,000 people to praise God. So most of the psalm you are reading, they were singing it in David's tabernacle every day. And the difference between the tabernacle of Moses and the tabernacle of David was that the tabernacle of Moses had three compartments. The outer court, the holy place, and the most holy place. But in the tabernacle of David, you just enter into the holy of holies. Telling us in the New Testament, there is no process to access God. Which means you can access God anytime you begin to pray. Anytime you begin to praise. Anytime you begin to sing worship. You are already at the throne. So God is restoring the tabernacle of David because that is the secret he has given to the church. Praise! 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 Praise. We exist to praise him. So if you are here and you are allowing troubles, problems, which have material value to be the reason why you serve God. There's a problem with the Christianity that we are professing. We're praising. I'm going to steal five minutes of your time. Number five. Fifth key to access power is purity and holy living. Is it number five or six? Number six, purity and holy living. The book of Hebrews chapter one, the verse nine. The Bible says, thou hast loved what? Righteousness and hated what? Iniquity, referring to Jesus. Therefore God, even thy God, hath highly anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. Now, you see, that hyper-grace movement that we are seeing today is what has destroyed the template of the true beauty of the grace of God. Now, that hyper-system of grace actually is teaching that everybody is equal 
Um, it doesn't matter. In fact, there's someone who believes that every believer will be rewarded equally in heaven. Because if God gives some people more rewards more than others, that means it's not grace. I'm like, where are we getting these things from? Anointings are in levels. The more consecrated you are, the more anointed you become. This is what the Bible is teaching us. Even Jesus did not escape the process. He has loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, which, most, which is, that was the secret to the power of Jesus. He says, therefore, God, even thy God, has anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. Which means the key to more anointing is more purity. You must hate iniquity and love righteousness. Yesterday I spoke with a prophet friend and I was grieved by the time I was done speaking. Why? Because he went to a church to go and preach in a church and he picked up one lady, he called the name of the lady, the lady was not home and mentioned the number and they went to call the lady and the lady was brought to church. But what he wanted to say, he couldn't say it because it would bring problem to the church. So he made her go. Later the lady found a way to locate his church and he came there. When we closed, he met the lady in the office and he said, ah, why is it that you are sick? The girl didn't understand what he said. He says, number one, you are pregnant. He says, yes, I'm pregnant. He says, the, the pregnancy now is not my issue. The guy you are, you, who impregnated you actually is the choir director for the headquarters of that church. And already the guy had impregnated someone in the headquarters. And he was taken to that branch for him to be managed before he went there and he impregnated a, a second one. and the prophet said to him what I saw I didn't like it but I'm telling you straight away you have HIV AIDS and the girl started crying apparently one of the people he has slept with gave her the gift of AIDS and the girl has slept with four people in the church already When we tell you to run, you don't understand. Wait until you start living on HIV drugs. You understand what we are saying? When God is saying flee, he wants to save you. So those of you staying with people you are not married to, weekends, you visit. This guy you may not know who he's sleeping with. And the guy will give you free HIV AIDS as a Valentine gift. Four people. And apparently, I'm told one of the girl's friends also has HIV AIDS. How did she get it? She got it from a minister. One of the ministers of state. I say, so you sleep with a stranger raw. And you're okay. Raw. Raw papa. You don't know him. One week you have slept with a guy. Because he said he will marry you. Where did we get our theory from? See, let me tell you. Many sicknesses today and many problems today come through sex. A lot of people are suffering today because they could not control their zip. And someone says, you see, if it is demonic, that means you have to go for deliverance. You have to go for someone to break that spell of your life because if you follow your zip, 
I'm, I'm warning people who think that these things you are saying is a joke. If you have HIV AIDS, you can't fast again, let me remind you. Because you live on drugs for the rest of your life. The Holy Ghost gave me a scenario about sin. I want to demonstrate it to you. Now, this is everything God wants to do in your life. It's the power of God, the virtue of God, the purpose of God. Every good thing God wants to do for you. This is the believer. Are you following this? This is the believer. Now, put it inside. So, direct it in. Just use one hand. Use one So, now, this is the believer. This is everything God wants to do in your life. Okay? Now, observe this. This is supposed to be sealed. So, it can contain water. Okay? The believer's life is supposed to be sealed. And the only way you can seal it is by purity and righteousness and holy living. But when a believer engages in sin continuously, unconfessing, and he's still in it, what happens is that holes are punctured into your spirit. The more believers engage in sin, the more holes they punch into their spiritual life. So what happens is that many of you have punched holes into your spiritual life, onto your life, instead of becoming a bow, has become a sieve. So now watch it here. So this is the purpose of God, the glory of God, the power of God. Instead of you retaining the power of God, lift it up, lift it up. No, not the bow, not the bow, the sieve. Watch it. This is one full bottle of water. Instead of holding the water, it is draining the water. This is what some of you are doing to your life. God is doing everything. You are praying. You come and pray and God pause. The moment you leave, you go and live in fornication and let him pause. The moment you go, you live in bitterness, anger. You live in unforgiveness. Then you create a hole. The more holes you are creating, the more easier it is for the purposes of God to be drained out of your life. And many of you look, God has done his possible for you. By pouring everything he has. Look, it's empty. But where is it? Nowhere to be found. So you start your Christian life like this. And you end like this. And many Christians are blaming God. For creating and punching holes in their own spiritual lives. And they think God is the problem. Hear me. God is too good. Do you know that we have eternal forgiveness in Christ? But hear me. We need to understand that there are legalities. You may be free from your sin because of redemption and forgiveness. But you may not be free from the consequence. If you have HIV, God still loves you. But the problem is that you can't be used. And we need to understand that God will use everybody. Even when you have HIV, God will use you to advise people. So in every way you find yourself, you will still be used. On your deathbed, we will use your story to advise people. That's also a use. So hear me carefully. The last scenario, you can put that down. The last scenario, can I have five people? Five people, quickly. Five people to come forward now. In fact, so if there are three of them, I love it. Yes, come, quickly. Create a circle. Create a circle. A circle, yes. No, you can come. You can still come. Where is he? Come, yes. 
Close the circle. Close it. Close it. Now come to the middle so everybody can see you. Now I'm using this scenario to, to give you a bigger picture. Be in the middle. Now, this is the believer in the middle because he's wearing white. And this is the shield of God around the believer. The protection of God. The covering of God over the believer. Hear me carefully. The reason why many of you don't know how powerful sin is, is what I'm, te- is what I'm teaching what I'm teaching you. Anytime you sin, okay? Um, man of God, please come. Let's assume this is the devil. He wants to have access to touch this guy. But what is happening is that the shield of God is around that believer. So he wants to move in, but he can't move in. So what he does is that he waits. He talks to your ears whilst you are in the shield. Don't you realize sin is good? Sin is nice. What he's doing, you may be thinking that the devil is convincing you. He wants to get rid of the shield. So he will put you into temptation. He will make you feel as though if you don't commit that sin, you can't survive. And what he's targeting is the shield. He won't tell you he's looking for this. He's focused on you, but he's actually looking for this. He can't attack you. He can't touch you. He can't destroy God's purpose for your life. But if he can take this thing off, he can. So, as you give in to sin, you may not lose the entire shield, but a portion of the shield is open. Come closer a bit, but don't, don't touch hands. So, now look at this. The, the, the crack has been opened. It is quite small. Satan still wants to pass. So, part of Satan has entered, but he can't enter fully because the shield is still there. So you see, Satan's hand is there. He wants to touch your head. But the shield is still there. What happens is that he will cause more temptations. Give you more reasons why you should do what you're doing. And what happens to you is that you give in to another sin. He opens the door. (laughs) He's in a hurry to attack him. That's the same way Satan, you you acted like Satan. He's in a hurry to attack you. So listen, what happens to believers anytime they give in to sin is that they crack open the shield God has for them. If anybody tells you that the protection of God can be opened, it cannot be opened, that person is telling you a lie. We've seen too many evidences in the lives of people what sin can do to the lives of people. Hear me, anywhere sin can go, demons can go. And a lot of problems many believers are fighting and battling today after 15 years is because they open doors for the enemy. When God speaks to you about sin, it's for your own good. I'm telling you. That illegal money. Don't think you can make money from prostitution. And come and give an offering to God. If you slept with someone for money, that money is defiled. It is defiled. I'm telling you the truth. And many Christians are asking questions why things are not working. Why will it work? When you are walking in bitterness, when you are making money that is not in alignment. With the will and purposes of God. It can't work. So hear me. The secret to power is purity. Satan fears your purity. 
more than anything in your life. Because it was the nature of the Son of God. He was tempted at all points, yet he was without sin. Stop giving excuses. God understands me. He knows that. Listen to me. The problem is not you and God because it has been solved by Calvary. The problem is between you and the devil. It's between you and God's purposes for your life. If Mary broke her virginity, she would never have experienced the virgin birth. Another vessel would have been chosen. If Joseph gave in to sleep with Potiphar's wife, he would have remained the master of Potiphar's house and would have never become a prime minister. Hear me. There are things God wants to do with your life. Some of you are crying for power. Lord, use me. I want power. Hear me. There are protocols. God just does not use anything. I'm teaching good here. May the Lord help you. In closing, if you are that type of believer who does not have a repentant heart, I'm sorry God cannot go far with you. There is no sincerity in your heart. Lord, I'm sorry I did this. I did it. I'm sorry, Lord. If you are not that type of believer who covers everything with the grace of God, you bring open shame to Jesus Christ. Before we pray, just bow down your head. If you are here, you are not born again, I want to give you a chance to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. He will strengthen you. He will give you an overcoming power. He will cleanse you from all defilements and give you a new name. His name is Jesus. If you are here, you want to be born again, I want to give you a chance to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and your personal Savior. If you are here, you want to receive Jesus as your Savior. Just lift up your hands for me, wherever you are. If you are here, you want to give your life to Jesus. I want to give you a chance to make it right with the Lord. 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 Thank you, Lord. Now rise up on your feet. We want to pray. We want to pray for 15 minutes. Lift your voice and thank God for his word. Thank God for his word. Thank God for his word. Hallelujah. Lift up your voice and thank God. Rabadaba Shanda Bakapaya. Abba.